Welcome to the Emotional Release Podcast, The Feeling Revolution. This podcast is for all the people who want a radical new understanding of emotions and go beyond psychology, psychosomatics, and collective understanding about human consciousness. But you do not understand. How can you? Something that you have never experienced. Welcome to the Emotion Release Podcast. I'm your host, David Manning, and I've studied emotions almost my entire life. I've gathered experience from working with over hundreds of clients about what emotions are and where exactly they're stored in the body. And let me tell you, there's quite a lot of rethinking and unpacking to do about what is really going on in the body. Today, if you listen closely, you're going to learn what's missing in classical psychotherapy, why we suppress emotions, and why releasing emotions are the key to owning your life. Let's get started. When it comes to healing, many people know approaches such as osteopathy or Chinese medicine that work on the body. Then on the other side, we have psychotherapy and cognitive behavior therapy to try to heal the mind. And even though most approaches try to some degree to be holistic, they don't quite bridge the gap and acknowledge the body-mind connection to a full extent. So emotional release is an up-and-coming approach that does just that. It sits right between psychology and bodywork. And it works directly with the emotions within the body. Emotional release is kind of an answer to classical psychotherapy and to mindfulness. It takes both of these things and brings them further. Let's go a little bit deeper and let me explain to you how this works. Just imagine every conflict you have in your life exists as tension in your mind. Think about it, right? Be it a fight with your mom, a coworker, not finding closure with your ex three years ago, feeling guilty for not telling the truth, or something as subtle as owing someone money. All of these various situations leave an imprint in your system that cause tension in the mind, Here. right? Now, what do most people do when they have tension in their mind in form of circling thoughts and worries? Most of us look for a psychotherapist for some sort of relief. Then you will talk with a specialist who listens to you for one hour a week for two years, and it can really help. Many clients come to me and say, hey, David, I have done psychotherapy two years, four years, my whole life. Because communicating what's on your mind does provide some form of relief. But the question is, why are so many people still unhappy after two years of therapy? Why haven't people healed depression and anxiety after going through full therapy? Do you want to know why physical issues and tensions are rarely cured that way? 
Here's what you need to understand. Every tension in your mind is a tension in your body. Let me repeat that again. Every tension in your mind is a tension in your body. Every thought causes a reaction in every cell of your body. So in reality, every single problem you have lives as tension inside your body. Are you still with me? Tension is showing up in your brain, your nervous system, your muscles, and your organs. Because the body and mind were never separate. They function together as what's known as the body-mind, or what I call the software of the soul. Imagine if we knew exactly how this tension manifests in our body-mind. Imagine if we knew exactly how to release this tension, then we would crack the code to not only healing ourselves, but also to living an embodied life. So now you start to get a picture of what emotional release is. Because the amazing thing is that this tension that we're talking about, this tension in the mind that's showing up in the body, tensing up our organs, tensing up our muscles, that tension is emotions in its suppressed form. This is what I found out, how it works. So let's go back to when you were born. You were just an innocent little creature, right? Crying all the time and with a soft body. Babies have such a soft and round body, such open and wakeful eyes. So pure, right? So the emotions in babies, the emotion goes in and the emotion goes out. There's no resistance. Emotion comes, rises within the body. The, the sensations come and they just are allowed to go fully through. Like a string you can play that fully resonates, right? Because a baby doesn't care if it's crying Or if it's yelling, it's anger, it's redness in the face, upsets anybody. It doesn't care. It just expresses the emotion freely. It just cries, right? So as we get older, though, we kind of learn to contain this release, this expression, this natural expression. Maybe we sit down in school and we're told to shut up. And in that moment, we learn to kind of control that mechanism. And, you know, the people who don't learn to control that mechanism, these are the kids that are usually labeled as troubled children. So it does have some benefits. It's, it's, it's important that we learn to contain this natural expression so we have some control over it. Imagine being at a meeting and your boss says something you don't like and you just start crying your eyes out. I mean, that wouldn't be a good idea, right? So it's good that we can control this mechanism. But we went too far with it. We kind of went too far with it. And the problem is evident within our body. Because whenever we hold on to an emotion, our body physically helps us to contract The tissue physically contracts and holds on to the emotion. And it holds it as long as it needs to. So that means there is such a thing called as the emotional 
refraction time. And so an emotion with a low refraction time means the emotion is like a baby. It goes in, it goes out, right? It's immediately felt. But as longer as the refraction time goes, the longer the body holds this emotion and longer your system, your body-mind system holds this emotion. So what's so mind-blowing about it is that your, it's your body that's literally holding on to the past, making it unable to you to move into this now moment, to be fully here. Because if you hold trauma and emotions from your childhood and you still react the same way, you are unable to freely act in this moment right now because your body is trying to protect you. And so the longer you hold on to things from your past, the more the body has trouble with processing the emotion because the emotion is not being processed. Your body is taking up more and more resources to hold that blocked emotion there. And so when that blocked emotion is held there, and that means that creates contractions in the muscles, that creates problems in the nervous system, and it causes disease in the organs. What do you think the biggest cause of death on this planet is? The top three most causes of death is heart disease, stroke, and lung disease. These are the top three killers of humans on this planet. Up to 15 million people die because of stress-related diseases. Stress-related, what does that mean? Unable to come out of the stress reaction. Stress is suppressed emotions. Simple. It's just another word. Stress means blocked emotion. So a common question is, is, if nature only has the best for us in mind, why would this mechanism exist that make us sick? Why would it even be there? It's actually not that hard to explain. For example, we observed gazelles after they ran their ass off, after getting almost eaten and devoured, torn apart by a lion, they recovered fairly quickly from this life-threatening traumatic situation. Seems kind of odd, right? If the, if the gazelle runs away, almost dies, but it just takes the day and then it's back to normal. How does that work? Why is that? This is something that we observed with all mammals. What they do is actually a kind of a rocking, shaking motion after a traumatic event to kind of loosen up and release the muscles from the tension. So all mammals have a natural way of releasing traumatic tension and stress. But there's one mammal that does not have a natural response to counter that effect. And that's right, it's the human. And what's so interesting with the human is that it's the only known animal that self-identifies 
you could say the human is the animal with the strongest ego. You can stand to reason that it's the ego that is actually preventing humans from letting go of stress in form of emotions. It's the human ego in its protective function that starts to self-identify with the held emotion. And when the ego identifies with something, it tries to preserve itself. If a system wouldn't try to preserve itself, it would just fall apart eventually. If you observe all systems, they all have this quality of not tr just falling apart. And so the ego as a system has only some flexibility. And so that's why we hold on to emotions in our physical body as a sort of stress response. Now you understand what's missing in classical psychotherapy because that component is not at all addressed there. We just sit there and talk. How is that gonna release any of the tension in the hip flexors that store the emotion? Now you understand why we suppress emotions. And now you understand why releasing emotions are the key to owning your life. You can look forward to very interesting episodes about more connection between the body and emotions, how and what organs hold emotionally, what different regions of the body mean, because they all have a different emotional meaning and I've, that I've decoded in my actual work. I'm going to share so much knowledge here, so I'm looking forward to you tuning in again. Goodbye. Thank you.